if you let's just say um you know you go to an airport right and you go up to the people who sell tickets all right and this hurts talking about this right now because we can't fly anywhere but um <laughs> but let's just say you go to an airport when the the gates are open and you say hey i want to go somewhere and the chick says okay awesome where do you want to go oh no i'm not, not too sure um i just want to go somewhere else i'm sick of it here okay that's cool we can send you anywhere you want <laughs> you just got to tell us where do you want to go no i just don't want to be here <laughs> don't you get it like I just, I just don't want to be here anymore i want to leave and she says yeah we know where do you want to go you just tell us we'll give you the ticket and get on the plane and go yeah yeah but i don't know where i want to go and it's that constant thing that holds people back of if you just put it out to the universe and say hey i want this i'm going to make decisions based on that then you can get on the plane is it going to be turbulent sometimes you might get on the wrong plane you might have to turn back around and get on a different one completely but the thing is is that until you know where you want to go you're not going to be able to help yourself well hello there friends and welcome to another episode of couple of lattes as always i'm your host jacques massey uh for anyone who doesn't know uh now couple of lattes is on youtube you can find us on youtube just search couple of lattes i won't tell you how to spell it this time around uh, just search couple a lattes on youtube and you can find the talking heads behind the voices to each and every podcast in season two so that's episode 100 and forward or 101 yeah it's 101 anyway into today's discussion I have the incredible privilege of sitting down with Tim Spears. I absolutely love his name, as you'll find out in the podcast. Uh, but Tim Spears is a high-performance coach who has proven that his methods, his techniques, and his coaching when it comes to mindset, when it comes to performance, when it comes to gaining clarity in whatever direction you want to be successful in your life, uh, it's proven, right? He has got his clients to 10K, 20K plus months uh, and it's incredible what these people are able to achieve uh, after sitting down and doing a few sessions with Tim. You can probably understand once you hear his voice and once you hear what he has to say, why his coaching is so powerful. Uh, he's got his own incredibly powerful story. He wasn't always uh, the Tim Spears that he is today. He came through some deep suffering, uh, experienced um, some loss in his life got heavily addicted to drugs and alcohol when he was younger. Uh, but all of those moments, he's not uh, regretful for because they taught him the lessons he's needed to get to where he is now. Uh, this is an incredibly powerful discussion, and I hope that you get a lot out of it. I know I did personally. Um, but anyway, enough of me blabbling on. Uh, let's enjoy this discussion with the powerful Tim Spears. Actually, I've been thinking the past couple of days, I was like, Tim Spears, like that name just makes me want to like, it, it makes me think of, you know, the Hollywood movie voice where it's like this summer, Tim Spears is, you know, like straight up, dude, your name, I have to ask, is it real or is this something, some sort of alias you put on to become the world's greatest peak performance coach? Yeah, look, my real name's Jack Brown. No. Nah. <laughs> um, dude, dude, um... Like that is the first time anyone has ever said that, to be honest. Dude, it's an I, thought name. Pretty, I thought it was just pretty boring, to be honest. I'm like, oh, it's just fucking Tim Spears. I mean, 
Okay, okay. So just hold on one second. I'm going to assume I know whose voice that is, but could you clarify? My name's Tim Spears, 28 years young, living here in Melbourne, Australia. Um, pumped to be here today with Jax. He's an epic guy. Um, so I'm a peak performance mindset coach. I work with business owners, athletes, um, anyone aspiring to take their business online and help them grow successfully and effortlessly to 10K months. Um, but no, yeah, that's, that's, that, is my, that is my real name. My real name is Timothy Allen Spears. So my dad's name's Allen. Um, but yeah, Timothy Allen Spears, Tim Spears. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's done. I think it's about the way you say it, right? Like when you say like Tim Spears, like it sounds way more badass than yeah, Timothy Spears. Like, Tim Spears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, dude! I love it, bro. But anyway, like I've, I've kind of briefly mentioned there that you're into performance coaching, but I guess what you and I didn't really talk about last time, we got into a little bit of your story, but I really want to know, like. What is it like to be a performance coach? Because I kind of know what it what it's like looking from from the outside in. You know, you do these courses and you change people's yeah. lives, and it sounds amazing. But what's it actually like being a performance coach? Yeah, it, it's it's a good it's a good question. Um, and I mean, I, I would say it's the most um, one of the most rewarding feelings that I have experienced. Um, so, so to answer your question, what's it like being a peak performance coach? It's kind of hard to explain, but I get, I, I just get so much fulfillment out of seeing clients win and seeing clients like I just get off on it. I'm like, it is like a drug to me. Like seeing someone go from frustrated, stuck, overwhelmed, you know, their business not quite growing, or even just like not showing up as their most authentic self, and then you know work with them, you know, whether it's eight weeks, twelve weeks, six months, a year. Um, and just see them crush it and hear them say, you know, like, gee, I never thought this was possible. Like, I, I, I couldn't see myself doing this. Um, it's like a, like a client um, confirmed with me on Friday, dude, that he's got 59 active clients right now. He's an online PT. Um, he went from, you know, doing inconsistent um, four to 6K months. And first month we worked together, he did $20,800 banked. Um, and now in like in the, in the, the three months we've been working together, he's generated like 40 K. Mm. I just get so much fulfillment out of seeing people do that. And I just want to free frame this and say that performance isn't all about money because money really is, is, is means fuck all in the grand scheme of things. If I can completely clear, mm. I, I think like the biggest thing is, is seeing people just really have that sense of fulfillment that they didn't quite think was possible or help them see past many, many challenges that they're going through um, and coming out the other side. So to answer like what it's like, it's, it literally is like my, I just have an intense love for it. Mm. I can't, I, I can't explain it much better than that to say, I just love seeing people win. Um, so yeah, man, I hope that answers the question somewhat. Yeah, I think it does. And I, I guess for anyone listening in, um, there's kind of a lure, right? When when you hear these kind of figures that you're talking about, that oh, like maybe I could be a coach of some sort if if you know this guy is getting his clients to this much, you know, he must be doing incredibly well himself. But like you say, there's more to it than the money, right? And I can see and I can sense by being around you and having a conversation with you. This is the second time we've got to chat, um, yeah. which I'm super grateful about. That you have the this energy, which is like. I really, really fucking want to help people. Like I really want to put myself out there. I really want to fill my cup up first and then just like charge other people with energy and this kind of self-empowerment. So all power to you, bro. Like I, I really, really appreciate. I want to acknowledge who you are and what you're doing. 
Um, but you know what I'm, I'm really interested in? Cause like you and I have not similar stories, but, but both of us went through some pretty deep suffering. So how did, uh, I guess, Timothy Spears, you know, like this, this guy who was kind of struggling with his shit and in pretty dark places become Tim Spears, you know, like this peak performance coach, <laughs> this, this amazing dude. Like I want to, I want to, I want to hear the story, bro. whatever you're willing to share. Cause I think this, this is a powerful stuff that people can look at and go, you know what? Like, that guy wasn't just born this amazing peak performance coach. He had to go through some shit too. Yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome question, man. And, and dude, I'm grateful to be here as well, man. I've been looking forward to it all weekend. I mean, it's Monday morning filming. This is a beautiful way to kick off Momentum Monday. <laughs> um, but, but my man, okay, so I think it is a good place to start and a, and a good piece of context, my man, for, um, I guess, my story against where I am right now because um, it – it hasn't always been like this for me. Like I'm a very optimistic, happy guy who's just like very blessed to be living um, a great life that I've created, but it hasn't always been like that for me. And it's so easy to look at people who, you know, um, who, who, who look successful and that, and they, you know, they're doing their thing and they're having fun. It's so easy to look at them and think like, fuck, they're so different from me. I wish I had what they had. Mm. Um, you know, I wish I had the audacity. I wish I had the enthusiasm. I wish I had the confidence. Um, but really, when you dig deep down, dude, like my story really started. I'll start from the start. And this is the thing, dude. I'm, I'm open to sharing this sort of stuff because I know a little bit about your story too, man, which I'm so pumped to jump on, is that if I can help one person who was going through the same shit that I was going through, like that as well is as good as making 20K months. If, so, if I can pull someone out of the dark depths of, you know, whatever they're going through, um, whether that is through the power of telling my own story, like, this is why I'm so open to sharing it. Um, so I, mean, I, I grew up around about um, two hours west of Melbourne in a little town called Colac. Not my proudest claim, but, uh, but I, mean, I, I love the place. It's an epic little place. But um, really to growing up, I had one interest and one interest only, and that was football. Well, actually two, football and girls. But really it was just, it was just football from an early age through primary school, focused on football, loved football. Um, this is Aussie Rules football, by the way. Um, the AFL. So, um, my man, actually, remember my mum actually said to me um, not too long ago, it was like last year or something like that, we're having a chat. Um, and she said, Hey, I remember your fourth grade teacher, bless her soul. Um, she said, If Tim put as much energy into his schoolwork as he did his football, he might go somewhere one day. Um, and I look back on that, man, and I was literally just so obsessed with football. It was like all the eggs in one basket. I'm like, I'm playing AFL, football, like, School doesn't really matter. I'm going to play AFL. Um, so, I mean, I got really good, you know, not to stroke my ego, but I got good um, from a very early age as well. Out of primary school, went into secondary school and was the same, just focused on football. Um, at 15 years old, I was playing senior football with a whole bunch of adults and um, got put on a, like a state level list um, in under 16s. Um, and then from that place, dude, I really started to, I, I got surrounded by good mentors and people around me who were very hungry and I sort of learned the power of environment. Um, but my man, I actually found a funny thing called alcohol when I was 16 years old. Uh, I might've even been a bit earlier than that when I had my first experience, let's be mm. honest, but, um, sorry, mum. but the, <laughs> um, it, it's funny, dude, like from that place, things sort of just started to spiral a little bit. Okay. So found alcohol. Um, as I said, about 16 years old, I was sort of just drinking. 
and then sort of just sort of lost interest in in football a little bit. Decided to not go, like not show up for training as much, not go to the do the workouts as such, not do the extra work as such. I had no energy outside of out of football. Um, and then, then my man, it sort of just started to spiral more and more. And then I made a, a mistake in in secondary school, which actually got me suspended indefinitely, um, which actually got me kicked off the team that I was on at the time. Now, let's just paint the picture here. I'd spent my whole life, okay, um, from when I went to school, played Auskick since I was like little league football from when I was so young, um, since I could walk. And it felt like my dream had just been ripped away. Mm. I lost my, you know, got kicked off the team. They wouldn't let me back on. Um, and then I really just like stopped having any investment in football. I thought it was all over. Then I started to experiment with harder um, things, drugs, um, then it just started to spoil right out of control, bad relationship, which I was, you know, a massive, you know, um, part of. I can't just say, oh, she was just, it was toxic. It's just like, oh, I was, I was the problem. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was going to pre-frame that. Um, but then my man, I, it really started to spoil out of control. And then for the next four years of my life, I really was in a, a really dark place. Wasn't really playing football, moved out of home, um, you know, really almost tore my family apart. Keep really, you know, mum wanted to kick me out. Dad wanted to keep me at home. Almost tore them apart. Um, I moved out, sort of just stopped playing football for those four years. And um, to be to be really honest, dude, it was a it was a dark time. I don't regret any of it. This is what I will say. I don't regret any of it. I'm not super proud of it of some of the things that I did, of some of the things that happened. But I don't regret any of it. I wouldn't take any of it back because it's brought me to here. All right, probably wouldn't fucking do it again to be honest. But. Um, <laughs> But my man, there, there was a significant emotional event that happened for me. Um, I would have been about about 23 years old. So, um, you know, we're talking five, almost six years ago. Um, that actually had one of my family friends um, who died. He was age about 21 or 22, I think. Um, so, you know, I grew up with him, um, you know, throughout my childhood, um, early adult life. And I seen what it really did to the family. Now, um, he was in the sort of same scene as me, doing the same thing, experimenting with the same things, um, and, and unfortunately lost his life, you know, bless his soul. Um, and it was that thing, dude, that made me realize at that age, I'm like, hey, like, what the fuck am I actually doing? I'm you like, almost, hang on a second. You almost saw yourself, right, in the almost future. Like, okay, that could be almost, me. Yeah. Almost saw a part of myself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the families were so tight, like, our parents were like, you know, very best of friends. I obviously had people around me, dude, saying like, dude, like you can't, like, what are you doing? You got to stop. Like, can't keep doing this. Like, something's going to happen. And I was just like, yeah, 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 all good. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen to me. Um, and then, and then that happened. So I'm like, you know, that could have been anyone. Could have been absolutely anyone. And then there was a few things that happened after that, dude, that really reinforced that. Um, but that was the main standout thing that made me think, okay, dude, you need to get your, your life together. All right, you're still young. You still can, you know, do amazing things. Um, so it was then from that place too, where I just made a decision and said, you know what, I'm never gonna do this again. I'm mm. never gonna just fucking waste away my life because it can be taken away so soon. Mm. Okay. So then um, I started to get back in the gym. Okay. Now this is why I started my journey as a as a PT, um, mainly because of this reason is that like health and fitness like saved my life. I was like, wasn't like overweight at the time when i was like alcohol drugs and stuff like that but i was just very unhealthy um and you know got back in the gym my physique was good my headspace was good then it made me realize i'm like oh wow made a decision and about six to eight weeks later no drugs no alcohol like i didn't do any form of alcohol or drugs for 
um, you know, it was like, uh, it was about 14 months that I didn't touch a drop of alcohol after that really, you know, a few of those events happened. Um, and, and yeah, man, like got back in the gym, started to take care of my health and fitness and it made me realize I'm like, well, just after that, making a decision, I'm feeling epic. I wonder what would happen if I did this and started learning about something that I really love. So I started to look into mindset, what really holds someone back. Mm. Um, and then, you know, fast forward, my man, um, about 12 months from then, I was playing football again. I was heavily invested in football again. I got good again and then actually got onto a semi-professional list down here um, in Melbourne in the VFL. Mm. And but I still remember like my first game, just try, I just want to say this. I wasn't the best VFL player, okay? I played six games. Um, I had bad injuries that first year. But it was really – it was the principle behind it that, yeah. hey, all I've done is make a fucking decision that I'm just going to keep showing up the best that I can. I've gone from not playing football at all to making it onto a semi-professional list, playing it full-time. And it was really that that taught me, dude, that from a young age, you know, young, high, you know relatively – at like 20, I was 24 at the time. I'm like, fuck, I've just really committed myself for, you know, two years of my life and this has happened. I'm like, I've got all this time ahead of me. Um, you know, I'm like, fuck, like what can happen if I really put my foot down? Um, and then like to, to wind up the story is, you know, um, I had a lot of time as a, as a football, I was playing full time. As I said, we were training like three times a week and playing on Saturday. So outside of that, I really had like free time. I started to study a lot um started to be a pt because i'm like hey if i could give the gift back to someone else that i got you know getting back in the gym eating right and stuff like that be super powerful so i did that and then um did pt my man personal training down here in the city um for about 18 months took the business online um and then my man sort of there was one more standout thing that really led me to where i am today which is i was just fascinated dude how you know someone could come into the gym Two very similar people. I give them the same workout plan, the same meal plan, congruent with their goals. One person would win, the other one would fail. Mm. All right. The other one would win, the other one would get more stressed and just like blame themselves and just feel like shit. Mm. All right. So I was fascinated with that distinction of what they have the same tools, they have the same coach, they have the same things. It's like what really stops that person from that person. Um, and what I really learned was it's the inner game of, you know, the subconscious beliefs, the, the environment that you're in, the people who you hang around, the things that you listen to. Mm. And that's what really, you know, fascinated me, my man, about mindset where I started to delve deeper into that. Mm. Um, and then my man sort of got more into peak performance coaching and then grew the business very successfully. And now I sort of um, pass that knowledge on to other people. So, I mean, that's the journey of, um, the team spears that you see uh, there's a lot of things that have happened you know in between that my man but those are like the main standout things that have yeah. really led me to where i am today yeah well first of all what an incredible journey bro so thanks for sharing that with with anyone listening now i i think like i said at the start like hearing those kind of stories are really powerful because too often on, on social media or wherever we're looking for influences and mentors all we see is the great shit right we see the success we don't see the years and years of suffering and pain that are often uh, they often come before the decision making, which results to the success. Um, there's totally. there's a couple of things I wanted wanted to pull out of that, and I guess the alcohol thing was one of the first points I wrote down. And I think for anyone out there listening who is suffering through their own kind of ego induced pain and suffering, alcohol and drugs 
uh, more broadly doesn't judge you right like it's it's something that you can go to and there's no judgment it's not going yo tim you're fucking your life up mate what are you doing it's going put me in your mouth you're gonna have a good time right <laughs> so totally. i I think that's why a lot of people will fall into that trap and go deeper and deeper and deeper still, because when you start vibrating and associating with people who are all using that substance as something that's non-judgmental and an excuse to, I guess, avoid making decisions as you fall deeper and deeper into the spiral. So for you to kind of snap out of it is amazing. Uh, so I guess a, a follow-up question for you would be, you said you don't regret any of that stuff and I admire you for that. That's something as well. I, I try to avoid regretting the stuff that's happened in my past. Do you think it was somewhat necessary though, to go through that kind of suffering, that kind of pain uh, to get to where you are? Yeah, I, I feel like I don't want to say it was necessary. I think it was beneficial um, because I, I just want to like, I share my story um, and it's what's happened to me. And, you know, I just want to make it clear that it's like, it's not like you have to go through tr immense amounts of pain to be, you know, who you want to be. Um, so I just want to pre-frame that because I even have clients that are like, well, because I teach them, you know, share your story, be vulnerable, you know, show up as your authentic self and like, oh, but, you know, I, I haven't been stuck through stuff like you. I'm like, good. You don't have to go through tremendous amounts of adversity to be successful. Um, so, so was it like necessary? I, I don't know if it was necessary. I think it was hugely beneficial, and it really did make me. Um, so, so yeah, man. I, I feel like it took me a long time. But I'm, I'm just going to say this as well. It took me a long time to be okay with everything that happened, and I had to mend a lot of stuff. I had to mend a lot of lot of energy, a lot of relationships, let go of a lot of stuff that allowed me to really be okay with what happened. Um, so it wasn't like an overnight thing where I'm like, oh, that was all good. It was a buildup of things where I was like, look, that's happened. I can't change that. And this is the big thing. I'm like, whenever someone's like stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, or just like really in a bad place, I feel like they're focusing on one of two things. Either they're focusing on something that's happened in the past, which really you can't change. You can't go back there unless someone on, on the... Um, on the podcast right now has found a way to stand still time and they found a way to time travel if they have hit me up. <laughs> um, but, but, but my man, like you can't, you can't change it. Like I can't change anything that I, that I went through or what I did. So I can't really focus on that now as well. I, I can't really focus on too much that's happening in the future. I can influence the future, but the only way I can influence it is showing up as my most authentic self, my most purest energy with my most purest intention in the moment. Now, regretting or dwelling on something that happens in the past isn't going to make my future much better. Okay. So my big thing is I'm like, Hey, I appreciate everything. I celebrate it. Now I'm not saying that I wish that someone, you know, someone close to you loses their life because I wouldn't wish that upon anyone, but I'm saying I celebrate it and I'm grateful that it happened um, because it allowed me to realize, fuck, I need to stop. So um, that's, I guess, a big part of that, my man. So to answer the question, like, was it, is it a necessity? Uh, it's not a necessity, but it can really help you if you choose to let it. And that's mm. the big distinction. Um, mm. Because I think it's important to touch on, and I'm sure you've got questions um, and you could add to this as well, dude, like going through your own things. But um, I, I don't judge anyone and I don't judge anyone who you know is doing drugs and alcohol out there because I can have complete empathy. Um, but there's, there's people who, you know, um, who had that same experience happen to them, the, the close friend lost their life and they're still doing exactly the same shit 
as they were, you know, five, six years ago. And as I said, I don't judge, but the big thing is, is you choose if it serves you or whether it keeps you in the same place or worse. Mm. Um, and it's that decision which will really move you forward. And that's when it be, can be powerful. Um, so, um, yeah, man, I feel like, I feel like that's um, a big, big point with that. Mm, mm, for sure let's let's gravitate towards that then um i guess for people who do who are suffering like you said not everyone is suffering as deeply as as uh someone who's seen a, a friend of theirs pass away or someone who's addicted to drugs and alcohol but i think everyone kind of has their own sort of levels of suffering right and it, there's almost like a, a rock bottom point. I, I hate using this term, but kind of a bounce off point where it's like, all right, this is too much. Do you think before we go into like the decision making part of it, do you think that it's kind of crucial to find in each individual their bounce point where they, they are able to look at themselves and go enough is enough. I don't want to do this to myself anymore. Or is there a way for people to uh, convince themselves that even though they might not be at a rock bottom, they can still change for the better. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. So, so I feel like yeah, you get you get to a threshold. Sometimes you get to a, a real threshold, and it's like okay, it's like man, I got to a threshold where that significant event happened to me, and that was the thing that changed me. Now, probably if you're out there and you're you know you are going through a time like you don't have to wait until some significant event where it's either something like that or something you know worse or something similar um you can really just ask yourself different questions now if i if i was to go back in time and i was to have a conversation with my 21 22 year old self i'd just ask and say dude like what's going to happen if you keep doing this for the next two years of your life like and just get completely real and you can ask yourself that question with wherever you're at if you're successful, if you are moving towards something that you love, if you are on a path that you don't really like, if you just have the real conversation with yourself and sit down and say, hey, dude, what will life look like if nothing changes in the next 12 months? If you keep doing exactly the same thing you're doing now um, in a way that oh, I really help myself realize that, hey, this probably isn't the path for me. I was at a dead end job at the time um, as well. Um, and I just ask myself, I'm like, hey, like, I'm looking at the people who have been in this same place as me, but they're like five, 10, 15 years down the track and have been here that long. I'm like, are they happy? Now, the, those people, they were, you know, they complained every day, they were depressed, they hated what they were doing. And I'm, I'm sitting here saying, well, I'm on the same path. I'm going down that same path. So once you realize that, it's like you can start to make decisions around, okay, well, is that what I want my life to look like? Or do I want to do something different? Um, so I hope that, I hope that sort of answers your question. You don't have to sort of get to a threshold where it's like something really bad happens. Mm. Perfect world scenario. You do it before that where you say, okay, well, am I going to be happy if I do the same thing over and over again for the next 12 months? If not, let's change something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Tim, I think you touched on something really, really important there. Uh, for anyone listening, it, I wrote it down because I think it's incredibly important and that's simply questions. So whatever stage you're in your life and each and every day something i'm doing now uh almost every day actually every day is i'm constantly asking myself why am i doing this what can i do better how can i be one percent better than i was yesterday and i think that's what you kind of were saying there if, if i'm not incorrect right is is even even if you haven't hit that threshold and you haven't bounced off and you have this crazy story of suffering you can still ask yourself questions every day and if the answers aren't what you desire them to be then guess what 
you're the one responsible to do something about it, right? Yeah, I love that one, man. It's very powerful. Glad to hear you do that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Another one I had down there was, um, I guess, exposure. So you were talking about there was people in, in that dead-end job that you were in and, and you would see almost your future in their shoes, right? And you'd be like, all right, that's not where I want to be. So how important do you think it is for people because this is hard, right? And I think Gary Vee talks about in his podcast, like going to old people's homes and sitting with elderly people and asking them, <laughs> what do you regret? And like that shit is really hard to face, right? Because one, most of us are terrified of death or at some point in our lives, we're terrified of death. And we hate to hear what we might regret, you know, if we don't do something about it. I guess that's maybe the ego stopping us from from doing anything. But how important do you think it is to like, I guess, expose yourself to the potential suffering that you might have if you don't change your course. I think it's, I think it's so important. I think it's just like, <clears throat> here's my biggest thing. Owning the truth will set you free. Mm. Owning the truth will set you free. Meaning if you're not happy with how you're showing up and you know for a fact that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to be unhappy as shit, own it. Just mm. say, hey, I'm not showing up authentically and I'm not happy. That will set you free. You can start changing. But if you just beat around the bush and like, oh, no, things are going okay. It's like me. When I was taking drugs, alcohol, oh, yeah, no, it's all good. Nothing's going to happen to me. Bullshit. It will. If you're not happy, the thing is, is like you need to own that fact. A lot of people will be like, you know, oh, you know, you shouldn't be so hard on yourself, like all this stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, I agree. But also being truthful and honest with yourself, super important. Mm. It's the best way to have a, uh, an epic relationship is be truthful, be honest, be vulnerable, and just say things how they are. I do the same thing with myself. Like, mm. am I happy? If not, what's going on? Let's change something. So I think the exposure of, yeah, owning it and just being like, okay, well, if regret is the, you know, it's like the poison as Gary Vee calls it. It's like my biggest, big, my biggest fear, dude, if I let you in on a big secret for you and your listeners. Mm. Um, well, number one, sharks. All right, petrified. Uh, <laughs> no, number, number, two, number two, dude, is that, you know, all jokes aside, my biggest fear is getting to a time when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old and looking back and thinking, fuck, I wonder what would have happened if I had have had a crack and just got over the fear of you know judgment, fear of failure, um, all of my own stories. I wonder what I could have been. Mm. I, like, dude, that scares me so much, and that drives me. Mm. That's what drives me, dude. When I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like working today. I say, well, I'm gonna look back on this time one day, and I say, hey, and even even you know through lockdown and stuff like that, dude. Like, I made a real decision. Again, decision. We talk about decision a lot. It's all about choices. I made a choice before lockdown. Um, you know, this was, you know, probably four months ago where I just made a choice to said, hey, <clears throat> I'm going to decide to show up more than I ever have before, even though there's parts of me that, you know, don't really want to be in lockdown. I don't really have a choice. I can't control that. So I'm just going to control what I can control. I'm going to show up more than ever. I'm going to make a decision that I'm just going to get my get my name out there, get my brand out there. Um, and it was really that, that, that just that, again, that one choice in that moment that really helped me build something phenomenal um and it's a part of that where i'm like there's probably going to be a time in the future where i look back and say "Fuck, i actually had all this time in lockdown to start something epic or you know at least move away from the excuse that i don't have time because right now i'm at home it's my only choice there's probably going to be a time in the future where i say oh my god i wish i could just have six weeks at home 
where I just had nothing else on, but I could just sit and work. So yeah. I sit here, dude, and I'm like, if I'm here in lockdown, I've got no choice. I'm going to appreciate what I can about it. I'm going to jump on podcasts with people. I'm going to grow the business. I'm going to serve clients and I'm going to learn new things. I'm just about to start studying art and design. I'm doing all these different little courses and stuff like that. And it's a choice. Mm. It's a choice in that because I don't want to get down, you know, a path of my life and look back and think I had opportunities, but I let them go. Mm. And that's a responsibility. It's a hard pill to swallow, by the way. Mm. It's a hard pill to swallow, but it's all about responsibility. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, 100%, man. I feel that. I guess, um, like, that sounds great, right? And, and, and for people listening, they might hear that and be like, yeah, fuck, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to do something with my life. But then something straight after this will probably get in their way. And I think, yeah. like, I know what that is. And it's, it's always threatening to try and get in my way too. And I'm, sh- I'm sure you feel it too. But for someone listening out there, what is, what is that thing that most commonly gets in people's way? Like in, maybe in one or two words, like how would you describe the thing that is really in the way of people, I guess, making that decision to leap forward? What's holding them back? Oh, I mean, it, it, can be, it can be many things, but really it's an internal game. Mm. I, I feel like, you know, nothing really externally is going to hold you back as much as what you think. It's all, it's all inside. You can mm. call it ego. You can call it fear. Call it what you will. But... I can use my um, experience as an example is that I had so much fear around what people would think of me. If I, if I, you know, left the scene that I was in and I was just petrified. I'm like, fuck, what are people going to think? Who am I to step out and try and do something? Who am I to try and do this? Who am I to want something different? I don't deserve to be successful. All this stuff that all of that was just a buildup of things, which, you know, as again, you can call it ego, um, you call it what you will, but a big thing for, for my, I, I guess myself was I was just fit the fear of the unknown. Mm, mm, mm. I think, I think fear is like the word that I associate with. And like you say, it can be anything, right. But fear is like, it's just a word, right. So how, how does someone flip it? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you get that mental, that limiting belief that's holding you back from who you want to be and turn it around and use it as a force to push you forward? Like what's the kind of process to do that? Apart from obviously joining up to, you know, a peak performance course, Tim Spears. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, just go to www.tim. No. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a very um, deep and profound question. Um, I feel like there's, there's two answers that I'll go into. The first one is that fear, fear is something that we either come from two things as a, as a human. We either come from fear or love. It's like we're either coming from fear about like what, what, what is this person going to think? What if I stuff up? What if I fail? All of these fears. But really what that is is that you're focusing on how you're going to look and how things are going to be perceived about you. It's like a small – I'll give you a small example, okay? A small example about fear. I have a, um, a client of mine who, um, bless her soul, was just petrified to get on a live video on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Petrified. Now, she just wanted to share a story about what really helped her and what really um, helped her get into a better position in life and, and start a business, right? Mm-hmm. And she was so scared. She was shaking before the video. She like, she's like, I can't do it. Like, uh, I'm just so scared. And I'm like, you're coming from fear when you really just come from love and say, hey, this live video isn't about me. This live video isn't about how I'm going to look and how pretty my hair is. 
this video is about me helping someone who might need it. Mm. And and that's what I always think about, dude. Like I run events around here in Melbourne. Um, I'm doing them online right now because of COVID. Mm. Dude, I actually sit there before an event. Now this might this is surprises so many people about um, about me. Is I'm very spiritual, and I always sit there before an event and I say, God, universe, high power, come through me. And because um, I know you you do an epic job, I can do my thing, but you will do an epic job. I just want you to make sure that everyone leaves the fit with their intention. I don't really care how I look. I don't really care if everything goes perfect. I just want everyone to leave with an intention. Mm. Okay. So that gets me out of like this nervousness of getting up on stage because I'm like, Oh, I hope this goes well. I just trust and say, okay, I'm coming from fear. I'm just going to come from love and say, I hope everyone leaves with their intention. Something else is going to come through me. Mm. Um, so I feel like that is like an example of, you know, fear is going to come up. Fear is going to come up all the time. Dude, I can tell you now, like I teach this stuff. I still get scared about shit. Oh, I yeah, still dude. Feel 100%. I, dude, I, still I, was, I, was, I, was, I was shitting myself before this. Before every podcast, shitting myself. Totally. Legit. And it, like I do something similar to you. Like I am also starting to regain my spiritual side. And, you know, like I'll literally pace around. And I'll be like, all right, teach me everything you can. Universe. Yeah. Get Tim it. Spears to teach me everything <laughs> he fucking knows, right? And by doing that, it. it's it's like you say, right? It's like that that fear ends up becoming like, uh, like you say, like love. You're like, all right, awesome. Like I'm scared, but these nerves mean that I'm excited to learn something new. That this is something right. I need to do because I'm feeling it in my stomach. So, yeah. like, let's flip the script. Yeah, yeah, it's a potential. That, that's perfect, my man. I always. I always think about it. If I'm like nervous or scared or, or anything like that, I'm like, this is just another opportunity for me to grow as a person. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I'm like, I'm feeling fear right now because this is unknown. I don't know what the freaking hell is going to happen. This is a chance for me to learn and grow. No matter what the intent or no matter what the outcome, it's a chance for me to learn and grow. And I feel like the more that you can put yourself into positions like that outside your comfort zone and make yourself feel uncomfortable, the more comfortable you'll feel in that feeling. Mm. Conor McGregor says it best way. He says, the more you seek the uncomfortable, the more comfortable you become. Mm. It's not about trying to feel comfortable all day and do things that don't scare you. It's about, in my, this is, again, this is my opinion, it's about putting yourself out there so much that it just feels normal in the end. Mm. It just feels normal to be almost like, fuck, like, I don't know how this is going to go and I don't know how this is going to work out. And I feel like, dude, that's when I'm most connected to something else other than myself. Is that when I'm outside my comfort zone, I'm like, that's when I feel most on fire. That's when I feel most alive. When I'm like, fuck, I hope this works out. I'll give you an example, dude. Before my online event, there was so much that could have went wrong. So much, dude. These people paying money to come watch me, you know, 20, uh, what was it, about 20 people? Yeah, well. Paid good money to come and see me online. In the back of my mind, dude, I'm like, what if the Wi-Fi drops out? What if the connection shit? What if they can't hear me properly? What if all of these things popped up? Fear, mm. fear, nervous, scared, overwhelmed. Fuck, oh, what's going to happen? But as soon as I just say, you know, okay, well, I'm going to fucking just go at it. I just trust something else. I'm going to go at it, do it. Not one thing went wrong for the whole weekend, dude. It just went phenomenally well. All right, dude, I cried after the event. People messaging wow. me saying it was the best thing ever. Dude, I just I was so emotional because I was so outside my comfort zone for two days that I just over delivered and dude, I cried. Tears of joy. 
Mm. All right. So I feel like that's the reward at the back end is that when you can be okay with not knowing how and not knowing the outcome, but you just go at it like a savage and just trust something else. Mm. That's when you're most connected to, to, to something else. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. I'm getting, I'm getting some tingles in my arms. I guess two questions, two follow-up questions I kind of have about that is, I mean, I guess, for someone, for someone who's kind of having those negative thoughts and is kind of becoming a spiraling action every single day, they wake up, they check their Facebook, there's fucking shit notifications, people look hotter than they do, they feel like crap, then it becomes, you know, they have a shitty meeting at work and then they trip over on a bloody staircase while they're trying to flirt with someone and everything's going shit, right? First question is, how does someone go about noticing and interrupting that pattern? And then how does someone go about like you mentioned getting comfortable with discomfort. So how does someone make a start on that? Like it's, it's terrifying. I bet there's people out there right now, like just like, Oh fuck, I don't want to be uncomfortable. Like how do you make a start on that? It's a great question. So I'll start with the first one. So a big part of what I teach dude, um, before I even get into any strategies about, you know, how to grow to 10 K months, how to grow to 20 K months. The first thing that I, you know, really sit down and ask someone is what their routines are because Routines are everything. We're 96% unconscious habit. 96% of what we do is unconscious habit. You wake up in the morning, check your phone, probably see a few notifications. Again, dopamine, but you might get there might release cortisol as well. There might be a stressful message. There might be an ex reaching out to you, telling you how much of a prick you are, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but, but dude, like all of these things could happen. Okay. Now, I always sit down and say with people, I said, give me a look at the first 60 minutes of your day. Because how you start the day is typically how it's going to unfold. Like you said, dude, if you wake up and it's like that thing happens, someone like something's happened, you have a bad email, you had a shit night's sleep, you had a bad dream, whatever, you wake up, if you don't break that pattern, if you don't have a routine that puts you into an epic state, and I'm happy to even share my routine here in a moment, dude, mm-hmm. um, fair chance is the day's going to unfold shit. Mm. Fair chance is... Oh, all of a sudden, oh, someone cut me off in traffic. Oh, then it started raining. I didn't have my umbrella. Then I got caught in a freaking meeting. Then I got freaking yelled at. And then this happened. Then my partner said this. And then this happened. And then all of this shit happens. And you get to the end of the day and you just feel defeated. Mm. Okay. Mm. But really, like, if you can start from an empowering place, that can be the thing that just breaks the pattern. Because, dude, I'll be honest. There's sometimes when I wake up, just feel like shit. There's yeah. some days I wake up and I'm just like, fuck. surely not what's the time oh come on come on really but though then again but today i woke up hungry as it was like 5 30 woke up no alarm just straight up into it just smashed it Mm. okay but i know that that's not going to happen every day yeah i'm aware that if i rely on motivation as a source of getting me to do things and to get outside my comfort zone i'm not going to be very successful i'm just going to be honest Mm. all right so really like a morning routine, I really don't check any notifications. I do my best anyway. Like don't check any notifications for the first half an hour of the day. I don't want to focus on anything. I don't want because for me to show up the best for my clients, I need to take care of myself first. I strongly believe that you can't take care of anyone else until you take care of yourself. All right. It's like that thing in the, in the airplane. If there's, if the airplane's going down, you put your, you put your own mask on first before you put someone else's on. All right. So I always look at that. I'm like, if I'm going to show up the best version of myself, I need to give myself time. Now, my morning routine, I usually take like two hours, two and a half to three hours, depending on what I do to get myself into state because it's all it is, state. Okay. 
So really, like to break down, I'm happy to share like what my yeah, morning routine. Please, please, that'd be amazing. Okay. Cool, man. So, so really, like I, I'm very big on sleep, dude. This is the thing. Like someone said to me, like, oh, you must hustle and you know work so hard. I'm like, dude, I actually don't work that much. I'm just very effective at when I do work, and yeah. I sleep like a savage. Yeah. I'm very big. I like tracking sleep. I like reading about it. I like investing in sleep because I'm like such a powerful tool mm. so important mm. so um Lou, i i you know make sure i get um you know a perfect real like sleep amount for me is around seven seven and a half hours yep. okay um anything and more that, than that so, and, yeah. and tim just quickly that that could differ for certain people right like it's totally. it's important to understand like some people do operate amazingly on six hours sleep and all power totally. to them but like I'm the same as you, right? Like I need seven and a half, eight hours sleep. Otherwise, like I know I'm gonna get halfway through the day, I'm, I'm gonna feel like shit. So like you need to understand yourself when it comes to sleep, right? Yep. I I feel like, dude, I want every single percentage of um like potential um out of myself that I can get. Mm-hmm. So when I know something's important, I'll look into it and I'll study it like a hawk. Sleep. I'll fucking, I'll study it and I'll listen to podcasts about it. I listen to a podcast. Um, I can't give you the exact name, but um, I feel like it was on Impact Theory. Um, okay, yeah. The podcast. Maybe yep, if you yep. just look up, for all your listeners and stuff like that, look up like Sleep Doctor um, on the Impact Theory. I think it was either, yeah, I think it was Impact Theory. Go with that one. But otherwise there'll be millions of um you know, places you could find it online. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll chuck some notes. Uh, I'll chuck some notes in the in the show some, notes. Some notes yeah. in there for the legends on. So here's the thing: is that the sleep doctor, right? He was saying and debunking the myth of like, oh, you have to get eight hours. He's like the number one sleep coach in the world, right? He gets six hours sleep per night. Mm. Six. He sleeps from twelve fifteen till six fifteen. Interesting. Okay. Now that really broke the paradigm for me where I was like, hang on, no, 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 wait a second. You have to get eight. I was always taught you have to get eight to be effective. You have to have breakfast. You have to do this, all this bullshit. Mm. All right. But here's a sleep doctor who coaches people who spend his life perfecting this craft. All right. He's an artist in his own right. And he's saying, you find what you need to sleep. Now there's something like sleep cycles. I'm not going to, now look, I'm not a sleep doctor, so just take this as you will. Go do your own research. I have to pre-frame this. Don't say, hey, hey, but Tim, the peak performance coach told me I need, I need two hours sleep and I'd be able to make all this stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's pump the brakes. Yeah. This is not solicited advice. This is just me expressing, regurgitating content. So yeah. there's something called like sleep cycles where it's like an hour and a half pattern. I'm sure you, you've heard of them, Jax? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so really like a sleep cycle is like an hour and a half. Like the math doesn't even add up to eight hours. It's like, you know, it's half a sleep cycle, not even half a sleep cycle. Mm. Um, so seven and a half for me, dude, is like the perfect amount of sleep. Mm. Okay. Um, so really, if you're listening to this and you've got the paradigm of, no, well, I need eight hours, that might be true, but it might not be. You might just be running a belief that you've picked up. So um, the way that I really would recommend, again, this is just my opinion. It's not a real, real, you know, professional advice, but um, this is what he really prescribed. He said to find your sleep cycle, go to bed at the same time every night. Okay. Leave the phone outside the room, all this stuff. Like I'm a big advocate for, you know, not looking at screens before bed mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Um, let's say you go to bed at 10, 10 PM, just hypothetically. Okay. 10, um, 10 PM, just a hypothetical example. Mm. And you wake up consistently at 
let's just say 5.30, consistently. Without an alarm, you just keep on waking up at 5.30, but you're like, oh, fuck, it's early. I'll just go back to sleep. All right? That 5.30 is your when you're in your lightest sleep and when you should get up. It's like me at 5.30 this morning, dude. Now, I did lay in bed just a little bit longer because I usually get up at 6, mm. all right? Um, and it was raining outside and I was walking the dogs at 6. So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right so so dude like i woke up obviously i had dude I, I wear my sleep watch just for um my sleep watch my apple watch to um that has an app on it um some nights I don't wear it, yeah i don't wear it every night because it can interrupt like sleep cycles and stuff like that like the, the bluetooth and all that sort of radiation all that stuff mm-hmm. apparently i've got a microwave on my arm is what my friend tells me but look i'm okay with it um <laughs> But, but my man, like, so um, I'll track it. And dude, without a doubt, if I looked up the average, it would be about seven. I think um, last week it was seven hours and 28 minutes. Mm. Every single night, I'm just sleeping like that and getting up usually at the same time. Is there times when I sleep a little bit longer? Yeah, there is. All right. And I just say, look, my body obviously needed it. So I do allow myself to do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, I guess like, I make sure I go to bed at like a, a reasonable time. Um, usually I'm in between, you know, I usually get into bed at around 9.30, um, 10 o'clock. And then I'll usually read, read for half an hour. Sometimes I finish stuff up, to be honest. And, you know, this is the thing, like no one's, you got to find what works for you. Mm. You got to find what works for you. Same as what I'll do this morning routine in a moment with you, dude. Like find what works for you. I teach this at events. I'm like, hey, here's the core structure that's aligned with how we're wired as humans, how we're biologically evolved. And it will be very effective, but you go find what works for you, mm. okay? Mm. This is the biggest thing. You might be able to run off four hours sleep. I think LeBron James has 10. So there's opposite ends of the spectrum. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the man behind me here, yeah. he, has, he has like four hours because he's like, oh, I don't have time to sleep. I'm like, fuck it, he's an animal. But, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm like that. He's like, oh, I'm old as shit. I don't need sleep. I don't have that much time. And I'm like, respect. If you want to do that, go do it. Yeah. But if you want to have 10 hours sleep, you've got to be okay with the fact that you don't have as many hours in the day as someone who has four. Mm-hmm. All right. But there's pros and cons to both, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like find what works best for you. Go to bed at a certain time per night. And if you wake up, you know, after six hours and you feel fresh as shit, but you're like, hey, it's four in the morning. I shouldn't be up. Get up. Get up. Yeah, because yeah. that is, and then, and then if you find that out, well, then you can say, okay, well, I'll go to bed. If I want to get up at six, all I have to do is to go to sleep at around midnight, and I've still got my six hours. Okay. Now there is some study out there that say the hours between ten and three are the most beneficial in mm. terms of like when the sun comes up and down and stuff like that. Um, so do your own research. Find out from experts. Okay. Mm. Listen to my like. I'm just telling you what I've learned from an expert. Go listen to people who know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. okay? And study them and then listen to them. Don't listen to your mum who has no um, study on, on, on sleep who says you need to get eight hours. No, you might not need to get eight hours, mum, all right? <laughs> um, so, 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 I mean, I hope that really helps with like, the sleep. I yeah, love yeah. how we're just going random things here. We're, we're deep in a rabbit hole. That? We're deep in a rabbit yeah, hole. Let, let's um, let's um, swing back to the morning routine. But I think what you're trying to highlight there, yeah, what, what, yeah. what you're trying uh, to highlight there, which I think is really important, is like this kind of morning routine starts the night before, right? So like right. understand that sleep is really important. Like you, you don't need to hustle 24-7 because you, could, you might be completely exhausted after getting an hour's sleep and you'll take eight hours to get done what you could get done in an hour yep. if you just have the proper amount of sleep. So 
Don't be an idiot. So, Learn how to sleep properly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Dude, it's so true. Yeah. I, I vibe with that so much, dude. Um, I find, I'm going to, we were staying on this for a moment. I find <laughs> that, dude, I honestly like, I used to get up at um, like 5 a.m. I used to love it, by the way. Um, I will do that when when gyms open back up. I, I just get a real good feeling, like a savage vibe from going to the gym early in the morning. I just love it. Um, dude, I, I usually nap halfway through the day. Someone said to me the other day, oh my God, you must work like a, you know, immense amount of hours. I'm like, dude, I fucking nap. <laughs> I'm, yes. like, I'm like, I'm serious. I'm like, I nap. Someone was like, what do you mean you nap? And I had to break them. Like it was on a different podcast. Because he's like, I heard that you like that you nap throughout the day. Can you tell me about that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. because I I study successful people, dude, um, and like ultra successful people, and you find patterns. Success leaves clues. Um, you look at people like Bill Gates, um, Elon Musk's. Um, there was presidents of the US. I can't remember which one of America who used to do it. I, can, I don't want to quote it because I, I don't want to butcher it. Mm. Uh, but I read a book on it, and they all nap. They all Actually, the, the president, I can't remember which one it was, um, but he used to schedule it into his calendar and he used to tell his assistant, don't you dare put anyone in that time. Because I I'm think and don't try and don't try and call me. Could, do you know who it is? Can, does that ring a bell to you? I don't I don't know about the States, but I know God, what's his name? The guy who was the Prime Minister of England during World War Two. Super, super famous dude. I've forgotten his name. Yeah, we're going. If you get, look, dude, I know how to run a business, but not. I don't know history too well. Right, so you're going to catch me off guard, here, bro. If we go into uh, into this sort of stuff. Yeah, right. But anyway, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. A lot of successful people. You know what I mean? the so, so the point is, dude, is that when I was getting up at five, I don't get up at five a.m. now. I'm usually between. Um, I'm to be honest, between six and seven throughout lockdown. I'm just saying to myself, I'm okay with getting up at because I just work out from home now. I don't really have to go to a gym or anything like that. Um, but part of it is, dude, I feel like I've got two days in one. So let me just give you an example. Like, and it goes back to the learning that you said, which I'm so grateful you shared because it's such an important distinction, is that let's say I get up at six. I look at the first three hours like a sprint. I'm like, I'm going to do three, four, five hours of just intense work. Mm. I'm not going half-assed. I'm not going 50%. Probably pick up that vibe from just, just uh, you know, how energetic I am in the mornings. Mm. I go hard, very hard. Mm. I don't eat. I, I fast until lunchtime. Okay. So I go hard and then I'll literally, I don't have really calls booked in from um, like through, through today. Perfect world scenario. I don't really have books from um, calls booked in from 12 till two. Mm. I'll have a bite to eat. I meditate and I will have like a 20 minute nap. Mm. All right. Nice. My, like an hour rest. Dude, I wake up at 1, 1 p.m. And I've done five hours of intense work. I've done a, two meditations for the day and it's 1 p.m. Beast. I'm like, another day. I'm like, I've got another day. All right. So that, that's not every day. That's like when I was going to the gym. But, but it comes back to the distinction, dude, of when I had that hour rest in the middle of the day, I got so much more done in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But if I just pushed through ego and was like, no, no, I can't sleep because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a hustler. I can't sleep. Who sleeps? Sleeps for the dead. Sleep when you're dead, dude. It's like I got fuck all done in the afternoon and I yeah. felt like I was super busy. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, So that comes back to of like I'm okay with people saying, oh, it's lazy to sleep in the afternoon or it's lazy to have a nap or what are you napping for? You should be working, et cetera, et cetera. 
that's what works for you, good. But what works for me is giving my body the rest that it needs and being productive as hell for the four, five, six hours of work that I do per day rather than 12. All right, I'd rather go six hours intense than 12, 50%. Yeah, 100%, man. I'm, I'm really glad you said that because there is still that false narrative flying around that if you're not working, then you're not succeeding. And that just couldn't be further from the truth. Like, be smart about it. Like, you should, if you're working towards something that is apparently giving you purpose and joy and it's making you feel like a bag of shit, then uh, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> old bag of shit <laughs> and uh let, let's um let's take a step back because we kind of didn't really finish with that morning routine so like obviously sleep yeah. is a huge thing right like we, we've just spent a little bit of time going through that but yep. let's say like normal times when you wake up what's the first thing you do first thing that i do do is is express gratitude <laughs> and that's not directly through writing stuff down it's not really through like um really consciously doing anything it is really just something that I've just subconsciously drilled into myself through repetition. So I'll give you a full rundown. The first thing that I do is I, I wake up. Okay, obviously. Good start. <laughs> Good start, bro. I'm right. glad yeah, you yeah, wake yeah. up. <laughs> if you're not doing that, uh, I'll probably look into something. But uh, it's like a zombie. But um, but my man, so literally I get out of bed and I just go straight to the kitchen and I actually drink like a liter of um, lemon and, and salt water. Okay, fresh, cold water just flushes the system. It actually wakes me up as well. I just feel like really refreshed when I do it. Um, so don't touch any caffeine. Don't touch any um, like enhancers before I drink that. So I can promise that I've made myself. I'm like, I need to drink like a liter of water just to cleanse myself, to really get myself, kickstart everything um, and actually go outside and like just breathe in fresh air and just appreciate the day. It's awesome if the sun's just coming up, but if it's not, it's cloudy this morning. But I still just appreciate it. I'm like, another day, another opportunity, another chance for me to show up, another chance for me to serve my clients. Um, but again, sometimes I have to almost force that because some days, dude, it's like this morning's a, a good example where I woke up and it was just perfect. Woke up, I was like 5.30 on point, got a drink outside, I was happy, like all good. Some days it doesn't, it's not like that, but I still go through this routine and it pulls me back into this epic state. Okay, so I do that, I get some fresh air, wake myself up and I actually go lay back down and do a meditation, um, which is like a small visualization for 15 minutes, okay? Um, it's a guided visualization that I do. I don't listen to my own guided visualizations. I do have some that I send clients. I'm not that egotistical. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I like where I'm like, oh yeah, it sounds good. Um, but, Ooh, but, hey there, Tim. It's me, Tim here. <laughs> good oh morning, honey. <laughs> I, actually, dude, this actually surprises many people. I hate the sound of my own voice. Yeah, right. A lot, a lot of people were the same, but I, I just analyze it so much, and I'm like, oh my god, is that what I really sound like? <laughs> Um, so, so my man, I don't listen to my own. I've just got white guided visualizations, YouTube guided visualizations. If you want one, go to visual, guided visualization, gratitude visualization, 15, 20 minutes. I do that. And then, um, this is a powerful part of my routine that I do, dude. So I'll do that visualization. I'll be feeling good. And then for the next five minutes, I actually put a song on, um, on Spotify, like, a. Um, a really like calming song, no lyrics or anything like that, just a calming, um, I guess, melody. And I'll go through a process of, I'll just like focus on a memory in my life that I'm extremely grateful for, that I may have forgotten about. 
Mm. Okay. Mm. Then I will think about something that is manifesting in the future. Okay. Whether it's one year from now, whether it's a month from now, whether it's 10 years from now. Mm. Okay. I'll visualize on that. And I don't really set a, a stopwatch. I sort of just feel into it. Um, and then dude, I ask myself a question. I say, what's some, what's an adversity or what's a problem right now um, that I need the answer for. And I will let myself get into that state and then get the answer. Sometimes I get like a good answer. Sometimes it's just like, dude, just show up, just stop being a little bitch. Um, but, but dude, I feel like we so often overanalyze problems and adversities when we're in a poor state, meaning mm. when we're overwhelmed, we're thinking about things that make us more overwhelmed. Mm. And really it's just like throwing fuel on the fire. Okay. But if you get yourself into an epic state, just like I just said, then you do a visualization, you think about things you're grateful for, you send love, you think about a future that you want to create. And then you ask yourself, Hey, what can I really do about this? That's happening right now. Is there anything that I can do? Yes. Okay. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it right now. Then, or if it's something that needs to take time to do, you, you'd be okay with that. Um, so I do that. And then straight after that, dude, and again, I, I, I take this too far, honestly. I This is the thing. When something works, dude, I do it um, to a degree that I know not many people will mm. because I'm like, I want to be the person who shows up as a leader and I want to be different. So I'm going to do things differently. All right. So the next five minutes, dude, I put it like on an, an empowering song and I'll actually do affirmations. Okay. And so, so what are affirmations for someone listening? So it sounds like up until this point, everything you're doing is essentially filling your cup up and getting yourself into a good state so you can make good decisions throughout the day. But I think affirmations yeah. is something that, like I know a lot of people I talk to, kind of they're confused about what it actually is. Like they might go stand in front of a mirror and say, <laughs> I love you, dude. You're great. And it's like, yeah. it's probably not really doing everything they want it to. So let's dive into that a bit more. Cool. So affirmations are really like an incantation or something you say to yourself to reinforce a fact, all right, that you believe. Now, this is the thing. You believe. No one else has to believe it. No one else has to, has to hear it. You don't even have to say it to yourself in the mirror. It, it, it helps. It can be a tool that works. I don't do it in the mirror. I really just affirm to myself things or an identity that I want to show up as, Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, there's many, many, many affirmations. You hear people say like, oh, I'm powerful, I'm strong, I'm a manifestation queen, king, all these different things. And that's all good. But you really need to start thinking about words that really work for you. Because the things with affirmations is it's not really about what you say, it's how you say it. I could sit here and say, oh, I'm an animal. I'm a savage. I'm a powerful leader. I am a peak performance expert. It's not really going to be that powerful. Dude, my neighbors would hate me, honestly. hate Because I'm sitting, I'm like, I, I don't want to yell because I'm going to blow people's eardrums. But I'll literally say it with, this is the thing, I say it with conviction. Like I'm an animal, a savage. I always show up. I always do what's needed, even when it scares me, especially when it scares me. Because that's who I am. I'm a leader. I'm authentic. I'm driven. I'm inspired. All of these different things, I'm just saying them over and over and over and over again. Because let's go, let's rewind to when we're feeling fear. If your programming, if your story, if your affirmations are, oh, I'm scared, I'm not, 
I'm just, uh, I'm not someone who steps into things when I feel scared. If I'm saying to myself every day, I always show up. I always do what's needed, even when it scares me, especially when it scares me. Mm. When the time comes when I'm feeling scared, <clears throat> my identity goes like this. Whoa, 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 wait a second. For the last three months, you've been screaming that you step into things when you feel scared. You better start doing it. Mm. And then if you do it once and you start to see evidence that you are someone who shows up authentically and just steps into things when you feel scared, okay? <clears throat> I look at it like a screw. Affirmations are like a screw going into a wall, okay? This is a cool metaphor. So let's just say, for instance, someone has an identity. Now, when I say identity, it's like something or who we believe we are, okay? So if someone tells me that they're not a good public speaker, right? Because <clears throat> I used to say that. I used to say, hey, I'm a terrible public speaker. Now, God behold, I've built a business off the back end of speaking and running events and stuff like that. So go figure. All right. But how that happened is that I believed that I was a poor public speaker through things that had happened to me when I was younger. It wasn't because it was true. Okay. But let's just say the belief that I was a bad public speaker was the screw in a wall. Okay. Now, every time something happened that was evidence that I was a bad public speaker, meaning that I was nervous before speaking to people. I was I was nervous at social events and stuff like that. I said something and felt like an idiot. I said the wrong thing. That screw will just drill, drill, drill into the wall, <clears throat> okay? Mm. Now, what usually happens is that screw's so far in that when you say an affirmation like, oh, I am a good public speaker, I look at it like it's almost like screwing out that screw. Mm. And it's like, hang on a second, maybe I'm not such a bad speaker. Maybe I'm not. But if you just start telling yourself a different story, you can really just unscrew anything, these beliefs, okay? So if you start saying, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a phenomenal speaker, I love speaking, I love talking, I'm a very fluent um, speaker, all these different things, whatever it is. These are just hypothetical examples, by the way. Mm. The screw will start to screw out. And if you start seeing evidence that you are actually a good speaker, the screw will come all the way out. The screw will come all the way out, and then you'll start to believe the other story of, mm. oh, fuck, I actually am good. I actually am a good speaker. Holy shit, I can run events. Holy shit, I do have a podcast. And then people will start saying to you, holy shit, dude, you, you actually really, I love your podcast. You're a great speaker. Mm. Really? The screw goes in. Hey, dude, I love that. Like, you're actually a really good speaker. You, you spoke really well. Really, thanks. Screw goes in. Screw goes in. Screw goes in. And then if the story comes up that, oh, my God, I'm a, fuck, I'm a terrible public speaker, the screw's already all the way in and it's reversed now. And it's like, well, what do you mean, dude? Like, no, no, I'm not. I'm a good public speaker. It's like if, if someone, I used the example the other day with these affirmations and shit like that. If, like, I know I'm a good speaker, dude. Like, I know I'm a good speaker. I know I can speak really well because I practice because I have the belief that I'm a good speaker. Yeah. If someone was to challenge me and said, dude, your event's going to be an absolute disgrace. You are going to, abs like, you're going to stuff up 10 times. Like, it's just, I'll just be like, what are you on about? No, I won't. Are you all right, bro? Are you all right? <laughs> all, all that is, is my belief. Okay. That's all it is. And all it is, is through repetition of saying the thing with conviction over and over again, seeing evidence of it show up and just continually doing it through repetition. Okay. So affirmations work, but only if you're willing to put in the work of the conviction and the evidence and just mm. like completely doing it over and over and over again. Mm. Saying I am strong once a week isn't going to mean you're going to be strong. Yeah. Saying it to looking yourself in the eye and saying, I am powerful. Um, <laughs> um, 
I am, I'm like a really, I'm a really strong leader. Um, that's, it's not going to work. Like you need to, you need to break the pattern. Like yeah. this is the thing, dude. Like if I, if someone's out there and they want to really break a pattern, because all it is, is like your mind will be shocked. If you start saying something with conviction and being like, I am fucking powerful. I'm strong. I'm an authentic leader. Your mind will just be like, Whoa, what, what the, who the, who's this? Who's this? You just shock the pattern um so it's all about emotion and like the emotion that you put behind it mm. again like an important distinction it's not really about what you say it's how you it's it's how you say it with the energy and the conviction that you put behind it yeah 100 percent, bro i think that's really powerful what you just said there and there might be people listening to this right now and giggling to themselves and thinking this is like a little bit weird it's a little bit funny but at the end of the day it's you and if if you want to if you want to kind of achieve great things you, you like it, it's just you. Like it's you, and maybe a mirror, and maybe your neighbors hear a little bit of fucking screaming, and they call the cops. But hopefully not. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit fucking. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but my man, it's so true. Here's the thing: people do call me crazy. People do say, "Fuck, that's weird." I'm like, totally, it is. And there's a famous saying. I can't remember who says it, but it's like the people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world, or crazy enough to get after their dream, are usually the ones that achieve it. Yeah. So. I'm okay. And here's the thing, dude, like I trigger a lot of people, meaning that people will be like, fuck, like, you know, it's all, you know, affirmations are bullshit. It's all bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm okay with people pushing their beliefs and their projections onto me about that. But the reality is I'll go back to this success leaves clues. And if you study any successful person, mm. let's all, let's name Muhammad Ali. What was he saying? I am the greatest. It's an affirmation. It's an affirmation. Did anyone believe it? No. Did he? Yep. All right. You study any other, like, dude, honestly, like there's a guy, um, they call him the trillion dollar man. Now he's very, he's very triggering. He's called Dan Pena. I don't know if you've heard of him before. Um, I've heard his name, but I don't yeah, think I've he's heard very, his name. He's very like aggressive, like old school, probably not completely ethical. Let's just be like, he's just like, he's a crazy guy. Yeah. All right. But even he says, they call him the trillion dollar man because he coaches people on peak performance and how to show up effectively. And he's generated over a trillion dollars with his clients. Okay. Wow. So his clients have been super successful. Um, the first thing that he does with them is he, he gets them to say a thousand affirmations per day, not one, not two, a thousand. Savage. All right. So if, if someone's doing that, all right, who's ultra successful, ultra successful, if they're doing that, I don't think I have the authority to question it yet. Mm, mm. All right. It's like if someone, um, it's like I seen a post on Facebook the other day about saying someone was, it was a UFC guy and he was training in a certain way that um, someone jumped on and they're like, oh, like you shouldn't be doing that. It's bad for this and it's bad for that. And you should be doing this. And I'm like, well, well let's just pump the brakes for a second. Who are you to say that if you're in a position where you've never tried that, you've never done that before, and you're not successful in your own right, whatever that is. Now, again, not judging anyone, but I'm just being real and being completely honest and looking at things from a logical standpoint mm. is that I don't really, I'm careful as to who I take advice from. If someone says to me who's absolutely crushing it and they say, dude, affirmations aren't important, I'll, I'll acknowledge it and be like, okay, I'm interested in that, why? I'm interested. Can you like, maybe I'll learn something here, but if someone who hasn't walked the path that I want to walk before, who has 
not done anything that I'm striving to achieve and they tell me, hey, dude, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, well, who, who are you to say that? Like have, you, like, have you studied it before? Like, have you done affirmations before? Has it worked for you in the past? Like, has it not worked? Like, what's, what, what makes you come to that conclusion? Okay, and if it's just a projection of their beliefs, well, why would you take it on? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think in those kind of situations, uh, I often look at it now when someone says something to me, like you say, who, like, I don't, I don't really believe that they have the experience to even talk about what they're talking about is one of two things. One, they're, they're afraid, they're scared because they're hearing something that uh, might pull them out of their comfort, make them uncomfortable for a while, while and allow them to achieve something greater than what they're achieving now. And two, it, it tends to be this reflection of their own shadow but not in a way that actually reflects how they truly feel and want to be. It's a reflection of how they want other people to perceive them. Right. So they'll be like, Oh, this guy's an idiot. You know, like, and all their friends will be like, yeah, man, you're real cool. Like, yeah, you're a badass. So come on, like, let's go smoke some joints and, you know, like not make any money and, and not do anything. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and, and this isn't a, this isn't a dig to people out there like that. Like, dude, I was there hundred percent. And like totally. in some days I totally. still am there, but like, totally. Yeah, like you're saying, that's super powerful. Like, if you don't understand something, or you don't have the knowledge of something, like, don't be an expert on it. You know, listen, listen to people who are the experts on it. And like you say, love. success leaves clues. So follow the clues. Totally. Love that. 100% bro. Um, so, man, deep, deep rabbit holes. I don't know if we finished up with your morning so, routine. So, so, yeah, we'll jump, we'll jump back in. So we're at affirmations. So I'll do five <laughs> minutes of, I'll do five minutes of affirmations. Okay. Don't, I don't like yell the whole time, to be honest. Like I might listen to like some of the song that's like more of a, like a pump up song, whatever it is. Okay. And I'll do like affirmations for, you know, maybe it's 10, 15 seconds and then I'll just stop and I'll just like feel the energy and then go again. Um, then after that, I'll do like three minutes of um, like really focused gratitude where I will just like, you know, um, think again, like go back to like the first bit of visualization that I do. I'll focus on something or someone that I'm just very, very grateful for. Um, and then, and then I'll get into the day, my man. So mm -hmm. that's really like the, the morning routine at a breakdown. Um, that that's like the first aspect of it. Like that's probably like half an hour. And then I'll go, I always make sure I exercise first thing in the morning, whether it's, I just go for a walk or go for a run or do some, um, you know, when the gyms are open here and before I usually go to the gym, but um, I always just try and get some form of exercise mm. and then, um, and then my man, I get into my day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I guess like what I'm, what I'm taking away from that term, some of the new things I'm taking away is how much emphasis you put on affirmations and gratitude. Like I encompass that in my morning and in my nighttime, but uh, that that's a whole nother level. So I think I'm, I'm actually going to pinch some of those ideas off you. Uh, yeah. And for anyone listening out there, you know, like it does sound a bit funny. It does sound about a bit weird, but give it a try. You know, like Tim is in, in my eyes, a really successful person and he's doing things that allow him to be successful. So like he's saying, like follow the clues, give it a try. And if it's still not working for you, then fine. But there's, there's no harm in trying it. It's just you, maybe your mirror and, a, and some tunes playing like that's it. Right. Um, and I guess the other one is, I think the thing I take away from a lot of people I have conversations with now who admires have found their own their own version of success is there's always this element of cup filling activities in the morning like mm. building yourself up to a point where your cup like if you imagine yourself as a freaking orange juice cup you're just frothing orange juice over the top so when it comes to <laughs> when, it, when it comes to like a problem right like you hit a problem bang straight into your day 
you know what your initial reaction is, and I'm, I'm assuming you're going to agree to this, is you'll be like, cool, all right, yep, I can fix this. I'm ready. Let's go. As opposed to if you start your day with like your cups at, you know, a quarter, straight away, all of your energy goes away with that first problem. And then you're just on the back foot all day falling down the stairs. Definitely, my man. Totally true. And, you know, I feel like we, I say it so many times in every podcast that I'm about the success leaves clues, but it's so true. Um, you know, many of the athletes who I look up to, they say the same thing. It's like, look after yourself in the morning. Like, look after yourself. Like, train. Train your mind. Train your body. Look after yourself because how it starts is typically how it's going to unfold most of the time. So, um, most definitely, my man. Most yeah. definitely. Actually, a friend of mine who I just recently did a podcast, actually, it came out this morning. Uh, so obviously not this morning. If you listen to this podcast, I've recorded it before um, <laughs> just to put that out there. Um, but it was, it was with my friend Erica and she said, there's this weird misconception that self-care is selfish and it's, it couldn't be further from the truth because self-care leads you be, to become a more selfless person because you have more to give. You have more in your cup. Like it, it just makes total sense. Right. But uh, Tim, I want, I want to gravitate a little bit towards decision-making because I, I think this is another really important part of this this whole process of, I guess, becoming a successful person is making decisions. And I think a lot of people out there listening will agree that it's hard to make decisions, right? And I'll use the example of going to a restaurant and you sit there and you have a menu in front of you and there's about 15 or 20 things on the on the list. Or if you're a Netflix watcher, you go, you go to Netflix and there's about 15 to 20 new releases and you're like, fuck, what do I watch? And I think that's kind of the metaphor that uh, that works for decision-making, right? And, and stumps a lot of people. So they might be in the suffering state or they might know that they need to take some sort of action and do something in their life. But because there's so many doors in their corridor, they have no idea which one to walk through and how to make a decision. So how can you, how, can, how do you simplify that? Like how, what would you, what advice would you give to someone who's standing there with all these doorways in front of them, freaking out going, which door do I walk through? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a powerful question. I mean, on a, I think there's a couple of levels to it. I feel, I feel like um, no, number one is, and one thing that I see holding so many people back um, from achieving, you know, whether it's a business, whether it's a, um, just anything of significance is that I think most people struggle to make decisions because they don't even know what they want. Meaning if someone comes to me and they're like, as a, I'm a coach, right? If someone comes to me and I ask them, hey, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know, dude. I just just want something different. I can't really help them make a good decision because I don't know what they want and they don't know what they want, mm. all right? Um, but there's power in as soon as you get clear on what you want, the decisions start to get easier to make, okay? So if you get clear on what you want, then all of a sudden when you're faced with a choice of, fuck, do I watch Netflix or do I go to the gym? If your vision is, I want to be fucking healthy and successful and have like a great physique, the choice is very obvious. Okay. And, you know, again, like on a, on a macro scale is that you want to run a super successful business, right? You want to run a super successful business and you want something different than what would be quote unquote, you know, normality of just a nine to five job. You want to maybe build something, you want to build an empire. You need to get clear on what that looks like and what sort of decisions you're going to have to make to get there. Now, really, like a big thing about decision making is that sometimes we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Meaning, this is why, dude, I pay a lot of money to mentors and investing a lot of things because I'm like, if I can pay them to tell me which decision that 
they would take in my scenario because maybe they've made a poor decision in the past, or it's going to save me time and money. So I look for mentors and I look for people who have walked the path before me because that makes my decision-making a little bit easier. Am I still going to have to make hard decisions? Yes. All right. But I feel like, you know, on a, on a big scale, dude, is that we can get in our heads about so much about like what decision should I make and what way should I go? Really, you're not going to know what the right outcome was or what the right decision was because if you, if you make a decision that, hey, I want to start a business and it goes super successful and you crush it, that's great. But maybe you start the business and it doesn't go well, but it, you meet the love of your life. Maybe you make another decision that maybe you want to go to, um, maybe you want to go on a holiday, right? And you're struggling to find where to pick. And you go on a holiday to this place and it's the most epic holiday ever. Or maybe you go on this other holiday and the plane fucking crashes. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's the beauty of it. And it's a big thing that I really love like expressing to my clients is like, be okay with not knowing how. Be okay with not knowing how everything's going to find like fall into place. Just really get real with yourself and say, what feels like the best thing to do right now? Not from a reckless standpoint of like, oh, fuck, I feel like going to have 400 beers. All right. It's probably not the right decision. <laughs> but it's like, unless that's, unless that's what's needed in the moment, I'm not going to say it's not. That's a lot but of I'm beers, not- bro. That's a lot of beers. <laughs> that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair session. Yeah, that's a fair session. All right, maybe 40. All right. Um, but, but my man, you know what I mean? I'm like, decision-making really needs to come down to you being clear on what you want because until that can happen, and then let's even rewind. It's like, well, okay, I don't know what I want. Well, you need to make a decision that you're going to get clear. That's the first decision you need to make. You need to make a decision that you're not going to be unclear anymore. Mm-hmm. that's a decision and then it's like okay well how do i do that i've got a good as i've got an epic resource um g o o g l e google if you're on google right now you could literally go on there find say hey how to get clear on a vision for my life and you'll come with millions of pieces of information in a second on how you can maybe invest in a course maybe how <clears throat> pardon me if you don't want to invest money find free resources mm-hmm. There's so much out there right now that there's no excuse. I feel like, oh, dude, you can be anything you want right now. We're living through the most opportunity-rich time on the planet. You want to be an astronaut? Go on Google and say, how to become an astronaut? You'll find ways. Will you be able to do it? I don't know. I don't know how to become an astronaut. I'll give you an example, dude, of I sat down with myself um, pre-COVID, okay, Um and this is, this is a cool story around decision-making. I feel like it'll be and, and a cool story of how I don't really know how it's all going to work out, but I'm just going to have fun with it and go with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is an important distinction. Before COVID, <clears throat> I made the decision that I was going to be the example of how a business could go from, um, you know, dude, complete honesty, I lost about 70% revenue when COVID first hit. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a significant thing, right? 70% revenue, but I had a choice to make. I had a decision to say, well, do I want to cave and do I want to stop and do I want to just play victim to circumstance or do I want to pivot and change? Now, I'm just like, well, it's very obvious to me. I'm pivoting and changing. Mm. I did that. Then I made the decision to do it. I'm like, I'm going to be the example for my clients. Now, I just want to say this as well, that I'm not materialistic, but this was just a principle. Okay. Got my dream car <clears throat> two weeks ago. Okay. And it's all come off the back end of this work that I've done throughout COVID-19. 
Now, the car doesn't change who I am one bit. I'm very grateful for it. I love it. But it was the principle of if you get clear on any intention, you will manifest it. Mm. Okay. If you keep showing up towards it. And it was the principle in, hey, it's taken me 12 weeks of my life to get this car, which, you know, it was a significant thing for me. I'm like, hey, I've wanted this for so long. All I did was set an intention before COVID to say, hey, I'm going to be the example. I'm going to be the exception. I'm going to freaking grow this business to a place where I couldn't even comprehend. I did the work. I invested in a coach. Okay. Mm. Again, it wasn't easy. I had to eat shit. All right. But I did it. And I got to that. And then I really sat there and I thought, okay, next decision, next choice I'm going to make is I want to start dreaming bigger. Mm. If I can manifest a car in 12 weeks, I wonder what I could do in 20 years. Mm. So I made the decision to start investing in um, art and design because a big part of my vision and something that I love, I love sneakers, dude. Another secret about me is that, well, it's not much of a secret if you watch my Instagram, but <laughs> I, I, I love shoes. I love the design behind it. I love the 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 like the, the art and just the creative process behind it. Mm-hmm. And a part of my vision is that I one day will have a sneaker design thing. Okay, cool. I'll design my own sneakers and stuff like that. Now I made the decision to say, but now dude, I sit here and I'm like, how the fuck's that gonna happen? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm like, I just make a decision that I'm gonna control what I can control. Okay, invested. I spoke to this guy who does the um, like involved in like uni courses and stuff like that. I'm going to do some study for 12 months and then get into um, sneaker and footwear design down here in Melbourne, maybe do an intern at somewhere like that as a hobby. Mm. Okay, as a little side project to my coaching business. Now, what I'm going about this is that all it is, is is a decision that before COVID, I said, hey, I am going to manifest this car and be an example. Okay. Now I, before that had no intention of, or dreaming of having a, a sneaker or footwear company. All right. But it's that one decision that I made back, you know, months and months ago, that's really led me to this place, which has led to another decision. Now who's to say in 20 years, I'm not going to look back and think, Holy shit. Like the, the sneakers manifested, but it's all come from that one decision where I had no idea it would come from. And this is the power of decision-making. You never know what's going to happen until you do it. So yeah. I feel like if you're faced with two decisions, there's going to be pros and cons to both. You've just got to go with which one feels best and which one aligns most with what outcome you want. Mm-hmm. And if the consequences don't go the way you, you want them to, that's that's okay. Like we, we can't always make the right decision. Totally. And actually when totally. we make the right decisions, quote unquote, it's it's only probably a little less wrong than than the other decision right there's no like there's no there's no perfect yeah. right there's no perfect totally right good. i love that i love yeah. that dude only a little bit less wrong yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got like some some takeaways i got from that i guess is the first decision is to actually commit to making a decision and then it's yep. to commit to some sort of clarity over what it is you actually want because it's really hard to make a decision if you don't actually know what you want that makes sense the other one you said was to seek mentors. I think that's a really important one, right? Because people people kind of think that they have to do it all themselves. Like there's this weird sense of individualism that people have. But one of the best decisions you can make is to actually ask for help and 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 allow people who have already done what you want to do to to teach you how to do it. Like it just makes sense, right? Um, and the other one there is like simplify it. Like you don't need to come up with uh, you know a a doctorate essay on 
how to make a fucking decision. Just, just make a decision like, you know what? I'm going to put my sneakers by my bed tonight. So that when I wake yeah. up, the first thing I see is my fucking sneakers. And I think to myself, what? yo, you better put those on. Next minute, you're going for a 5K run and you're feeling pretty good. Correct. I love that, my man. So, so true. It's actually a metaphor. I love that, my man. It's a great share. There's a, there's a metaphor that I use around like the clarity thing of if you, let's just say, um, you know, you go to an airport, right? And you go up to the people who sell tickets, all right? And this hurts talking about this right now because we can't fly anywhere. But, um, <laughs> but let's just say you go to an airport when the, the gates are open and you say, hey, I want to go somewhere. And the chick says, okay, awesome. Where do you want to go? Oh, no, no, I'm not too sure. Um, I just want to go somewhere else. I'm sick of it here. Okay, that's cool. We can send you anywhere you want. <laughs> you just got to tell us. Where do you want to go? No, I just don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> don't you get it? Like, I just don't want to be here anymore. I want to leave. And she says, yeah, we know. Where do you want to go? You just tell us. We'll give you the ticket and get on the plane and go. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know where I want to go. And it's that constant thing that holds people back of if you just put it out to the universe and say, hey, I want this. I'm going to make decisions based on that. Then you can get on the plane. Is it going to be turbulent sometimes? You might get on the wrong plane. You might have to turn back around and get on a different one completely. But the thing is, is that until you know where you want to go, you're not going to be able to help yourself. Mm. All right. So it's a big, big thing of like, but it's sometimes, dude, sometimes the first thing you need to figure out is that you just don't want to be where you are anymore. That's the decision that you have to make. It's like when, when I was drugs, alcohol and shit like that, dude, that was the first decision I made. I said, I don't want to be this way anymore. Mm. And then different decisions sort of started to pop up after that. Um, but I hope that metaphor sort of gives some clarity on what clarity would mean. I love that metaphor and I'm probably going to use it right at the start of the podcast. I've, I've kind of been <laughs> jotting down times when I'm like, okay, that's a banger. That's a banger. That one was, that was a real banger. So I reckon oh, I'll use it at the start. <laughs> Bro, I reckon that one. Uh, that's been fantastic, man. Like I've, wow, my brain is exploding. I've learned a lot out of that and I've been jotting down some notes. Basically I'm doing your course for free. So sorry about that. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm, I'm all about I'm all about helping helping good people, my man, with big hearts. So uh, imagine that it's like this isn't even a podcast. It's like, it's just like, you're, it's like you've just fronted up with a microphone and you're like, yeah, dude. So tell me about your coaching and what you'd recommend for this. How do I grow my business? Okay, dude. Just everyone out there right now. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, the, the, the proof will be in the pudding, I guess, if you see the podcast go up. <laughs> a year goes down the track, you're like, mate, have you launched that podcast? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Coming, man, it's backlogged a bit. Got plenty before you. <laughs> awesome, Tim. No, but seriously, I've had a really good time with this, bro. But I think I, I think I move into the four and one now. So we talked about this uh, before the podcast. Basically, I ask you four questions. You get one question for me, and I can see the smirk on your face. So I'm already shitting I'm myself. I'll think it's one. It was a part of my morning routine. I was out walking the dogs. I'm like, what am I going to ask? Hmm. What am I going to ask? Uh, cool, 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 cool. Um, but yeah, once we get through this, I'll get as many details of you as I can, so people listening can oh, go follow you. They can go look into your course and also I'll make sure I leave all those details in the show notes. So if anyone is ready to take a serious leap and, you know, get some clarity on their life, get some results, then Tim Spears coaching is the way to go. Yeah. And I'll leave. 
Dude, Tim Spears. It's beast. <laughs> it's, it's a beast name. It's animal name. I still don't believe that it's your real name. Yeah, well, fine. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll bring my. I'll put my birth certificate in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Cool, bro. Let's let's kick it off. So, first one. Yeah, man. How has becoming a coach changed your life? Mm, that's a good question. So, becoming a coach has changed my life, man. By really um, influencing me to show up every day because I feel like the good coaches out there, what makes an epic coach is that they walk their talk. Mm, mm, I see, dude, I have, I'm blessed that I have clients who are just crushing it right now, crushing it, um, who really inspire me, dude. When I feel like I don't want to, you know, oh, don't really feel like doing this this afternoon or I don't feel like doing that, I always think about, like, these guys are showing up. Like, and my, my viewpoint as coach is, like, I've got to be walking my talk and I've got to be doing more than they are because that's what makes a good leader. I don't want to be the person who sits here and screams and says, do this, do that, grow to this, do that. I want to be the person who leads by example. Um, so I feel like that's what really coaching has, has done for me and taught me is that, that to really show up the best of my ability every day um, and to really lead by example, not just um, talk about it. Yeah, awesome, bro. That's a good one. Uh, next one for you. The book and the person, they can be two different things. So it yep. doesn't have to be the author who wrote the book, just a book and a person who has impacted you the most. Um, Gary V. Gary V. Gary Banger. Definitely. He's a beast. Gary V. Definitely. Oh, dude, honestly, I can still remember the day. Is it is actually here's a funny story about me as well. Is that my first ever venture? You talk about making decisions and things not working out. The first thing that I ever did was a, a written blog on um, I used to break down um every single book that i used to read because when i've really like got myself back into a good place after the drugs and alcohol i was reading like a book a week i was a savage about it sometimes too and i was like reviewing and going through dot points of like what the big learnings were out of the books okay yeah. i don't know if you've heard the the, the app called blinkist it's sort of like i was actually doing something similar to that where i was like breaking down like key learnings that someone didn't have to read the book but they actually um just got like a lot of the learnings out of the book. Yeah. So that dude was influenced a lot by Gary where I found him, this guy just swearing his head off one day and I'm like, holy shit, who's this guy? Um, <laughs> I resonated with this guy. And then I read his book and I'm just like, fuck, like anything's possible. Mm, and mm, that, dude, mm. if that, you know, this is why I'm big about content, dude. And that's why I slam out so much content is that you just never know when you're going to really like impact someone's life. Like I was, mm. I remember to this day, dude, I was sitting on my balcony at my mum and dad's. I had no job. Um, and I read this, I come across him on Instagram and then read his book. And that was the thing that made me realize, fuck, like anything's possible. Mm. So, um, still to this day, dude, like Gary is my, my guy. He's awesome. my, uh, big part of my vision, dude. Part of, if, if I can put this out there to the universe is that I'm going to be on his podcast one day. Mm, um, I believe it. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to spend the day like at his office, um, be on his, be on his podcast and share, share a story of success. That's fucking awesome, dude. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for that day. Uh, so that book, uh, what was the name of the book? Just so people uh, are it, it, it was called Crush It Crush by Gary Vaynerchuk. Maybe, here's the thing, it might be a little bit outdated now because it was a lot about like utilizing social media and mm -hmm. stuff like that. This is back like 10 years ago that he wrote the book, I think. So mm -hmm. there's a more recent one, which I've read, which is super powerful as well, which is called Crushing It. All right, mm -hmm. so Crush It and Crushing It 
um, a two, two, two books by, by Gary that, you know, if someone wants to go from zero to one on something that they're really passionate about, it's a very, very powerful tool. Those two, books, awesome. those two books. Awesome. I'll link those in the show notes as well. Next question is for you, bro. This one's a little bit more personal, I guess. Kids cool. or no kids in your future? Kids, my man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, thought so. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, um, um, I guess to, to give some depth behind it, I, I just I feel like, dude, being able, I just watched one of my best friends um, and who's actually my mentor bring a, a child into the into the universe. And it's just the most special thing um, that I've seen. And just watching him, like, how much it's, like, just changed him in terms of – he's already, like, he's just a very, very successful guy. Um mm. I've seen a part of him that I didn't see before. And I'm like, wow, that, like the child and just like watching him like nurture it and teach it. Like he, he's, <laughs> he's saying affirmations to it. Like you're strong, you're powerful, you're loved, you're cared for and all that stuff. And I'm like, just to be able to bring another soul into the universe and just watch it grow into whatever, you know, whatever it wants to be and whatever um, its path is, it would just be something special. So yeah, man, definitely, definitely kids. Is there, is there a Mrs. Spears in the picture right now? There's not. So for all the listeners, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, 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 dude, there's, um, I'm just going to say this, and there's nothing rock solid right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough, man. It's, actually, it's uh, what my dad said the other day. Um, someone asked him, they're like, oh, does Tim have a partner? And he's like, oh, I don't think any of them rock solid. And I think that's probably a fair, that's probably a fair way to put it right now. But definitely, my man, there'll be a relationship just around the corner after COVID for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, last question for you. And then you get one for me, Tim. Uh, so what is something that in your opinion, everyone looks stupid doing? What's something in my opinion that everyone looks stupid doing? Mm, I actually, you know what? I feel like something that most people, I don't want to say everyone's, it might be a generalization, but most people look stupid um, executing on their passion for the first time. Meaning that the first podcast that you do is probably going to probably look stupid. The first, oh, yeah. I, do, I do live videos. Yeah, you're like, yeah, dude, it was shocking. I do, <laughs> I do, I do like live videos every, like you know, um, you know, every every two or three days on mm-hmm. on Facebook, just giving value and stuff like that. If I was to watch the first one, I look like an absolute idiot, mm-hmm. stupid. I'm like, oh my god, like I just look like look insecure. I look, there's no like real certainty behind it, but. It's like you start somewhere and it's the same. It's like the first time that you do something, like you're probably going to look, look stupid. So I feel like being okay with that um, is, is an important thing. I hope that's uh, an okay answer for that one. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I think that's pretty, that's pretty applicable considering what we've been talking about as well. Every time you do something for the first time, you're probably going to look really stupid. And you know what? That's, that's pretty okay because everyone looks stupid doing things for the first time. When Michael Jordan shot a fir- his first basketball, Guarantee you he missed. He probably would have been like three years old. He probably wouldn't have even been able to reach the hoop. So don't feel like doing something for the first time needs to be amazing. It's going to be pretty terrible, to be honest. (laughs) I love that. Now, is it my question? Yeah, dude, you got it. Oh, sweet. So my question sort of one question in two. Ah, cheeky. Yeah, right. All right. So what's something that you've started doing throughout COVID that you want to keep doing after, okay? So in lockdown, what's something you've started doing in lockdown that you want to continue doing after and why? Mm, okay. 
something that I've started and I want to continue doing. I've started a lot of new things, actually. What's oh. one that sticks with me? I would say the one that sticks with me the most, the one that first floods into my mind, uh, so I'm going to make a decision on it, <laughs> is acquiring massive amounts of usable knowledge. And what I mean by usable knowledge is not so much that when I read it, I become smarter. It's just that when I read it, I become smarter, but then I actually do something about it. Uh, so an example of that is you know investing. Another example of that is starting, you know, getting more guests on the show, being, being confident, reaching out to people like yourself and saying, Hey, you want to come on the show? <laughs> you know, like I've, I've learned that through acquiring knowledge and through reading books about personal development, about finance books, about sex, because that's something I want to get better at with my partner, you know, like anything. So that's, yep. that's the one that's definitely stuck with me. I love that, man. Epic. Cool, bro. Uh, awesome. Well, that's pretty much it for us. But before, I guess, the podcast comes to a close, where can people find Tim Spears? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, my man, my main game is where we met, which I'm extremely grateful for, which is Instagram. My handle is just Tim Spears Coaching. So, Tim is T-I-M. It'll be in the show notes, I know, but Spears is S-P-E-I-R-S coaching that's that's the instagram um facebook i'm just there at tim spears um i do have a website which is www.timspearscoaching.com.au um you'll be able to find all info there my instagram's my main game it'll be linked like it has the link to the website it has the link to everything really that i do events and stuff like that instagram's really the platform that you'll be able to find the most info from if not um facebook and if you need more information about anything just hit me up in the dms and I'll get back to you. Too easy. And have you got any sort of courses or any kind of products that you would want to maybe suggest to someone who's listened to this and gone, you know what, like I want to lock in Tim Spears and, and get some coaching, invest in myself. Is there anything in particular that you'd suggest that I can put in the show notes as well? In terms of like my, my programs? Or... Yeah. 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 Um, I, I man, here's the thing. I, I always meet people where they're at. So I have many, many programs. I have like, um, four or five offers that I really present someone depending on where they're at. Mm -hmm. So um, if that would be the case, if you look into maybe, you know, grow a business or start something, take something from zero to one, take a vision from zero to one, um, just hit me up on Instagram because cool. I'll be able to find out. I'd love to say that like, here, hey, here's the program that's going to be perfect for you. But until I can do that, it would need to be a good conversation about what you want to happen, you know, mm -hmm. Again, you have the metaphor of the, the airport. Before I can send someone to a destination, I need to know where they want to go. So as soon as I find out where someone needs to go, um, maybe it's like a, a free program that I could give them. Maybe it's a free resource that I could give them, um, not so much a program. So um, if that was the case, if you're looking to invest and you want to hear more about like services that I do, it would be a conversation that we could have um, either through Instagram, Facebook, or my website to sort of see where that leads to. Too easy, bro. I'll put all those contacts in the show notes. If anyone wants to uh, slide into Tim's DMs and, and hit him up, you can do, do that. It. Awesome, bro. Well, this has been really, really, really good. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. And yeah, we went down some rabbit holes, but I think there was a lot of really good nuggets of wisdom and information in there. So hopefully people chase us down and, 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 and get some of those little pieces of wisdom to add to their lives. Love that, my man. Thanks so much for having me, dude. I appreciate it. 
And that's a wrap on another podcast. I hope you got a ton of information from my conversation with Tim, uh, all about uh, success, routine, and the power of simply making a decision. It's uh, amazing how little weight we give to the little 1% decisions we make in everyday life because little by little, a little becomes a lot. Uh, anyway, if you want to get a hold of Tim or you want to hit up any of the links uh, we talked about in that conversation, they are all in the uh, info below this podcast. And if you want to get a hold of Tim on Instagram, um, his link is also in the description below. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me at Couple of Lattes on Instagram, once again, that's in the description below. Uh, and please, if you're using Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a five-star rating if you enjoyed this discussion and leave a review. Let us know exactly what you think. Uh, each time you leave a rating and a review, it helps uh, get the podcast out to more listeners by somewhat hacking the Apple Podcasts algorithm. Thank you guys so much for listening in and I'll see you next week. Bye.